Looking to take your entrepreneurial skills to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Just Take Action with your host, Joe McCabe. Opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. You are listening to In the Know with David O., informative, substantive, intelligent talk radio on 860 AM WWDB, and now your host, Philadelphia Councilman David O. All right, good afternoon. This is Councilman David O. on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for uh, sharing your time with us. I have got a great lineup of guests for you, uh, great information, um, and, and a lot of issues for us to go through. Um, before I do that, uh, let me start by thanking our show's uh, sponsor, Weinerman Pain and Wellness. They're located in the Land Title Building, 100 South Broad Street, Suite 1800. They're there 9 to 7 if you need help, uh, if you have been injured, if you're looking for rehabilitation, pain management, check them out, Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Um, I'd like to start by thanking uh, my guest host last week. I was really uh in, in a council hearing de- dealing with uh, one of my bills to, uh, to address kind of these, uh, um, I call them illegal, improper property tax assessments in Philadelphia. I think that that's what they are. But anyway, while I was uh, handling that business, Montgomery County uh, Commissioner Joe Gale stepped in to be the host of the show. Fantastic job that he did. Thanks, Joe. And uh, he interviewed uh, Bucks County DA Matt Weintraub. Uh, Taekwondo master Marcelo Consiglieri, and Monica Smith, a not-at-fault mother who is still trying to get her child back, her baby actually, from uh, Philadelphia DHS. We wish her the best. Um, This week, uh, we are going to deal with a difficult topic. Um, We've had a little bit of a theme of this just because it's a topic that doesn't get a lot of attention, and it is a critical uh, topic as far as I am concerned because there are certain things we expect that in America, these things are not going to happen. The government is not just going to assess your house like three times its value, and if you don't pay it, you know, you're going to lose your house. We don't expect the police to arrest you for no reason, and we don't expect people to come into your home and take your children out. Um, If it happens, and it does happen, we have to have reforms. So talking to us first will be a mother and daughter, Millie and Brianna Kress. They live in Philadelphia, and they have uh, had their family divided, and they are trying to reunite their family. And we have a legal expert, you know, the preeminent attorney in this uh, type of uh, matter is Nadim Bazar. He is a partner at the law firm of Klein Inspector. He handles several several areas of law, but when it comes to uh, child abuse, uh, sexual assault, and human trafficking, um, he is uh, at the top of the list. And then we're going to talk to a young entrepreneur. He is an Army veteran. He owns several businesses, I think six, all related to uh, real estate. And one of the things he does is um, he helps veterans, you know, among other folks. But he also is very knowledgeable about the VA um, uh, home purchasing program. Uh, And he's going to tell us about that as well. I think he's a great example. You know, there's a lot of issues about uh, veterans and 
you know, coming back and what they do. And one of the things you always say is veterans are very good at uh, starting their own businesses. Uh, not everyone does, but they sure can, and we want to encourage that. Um, well, uh, let me start by introducing um, our first set of guests. Um, that is a mother-daughter um, team. Uh, Millie Cress uh, is um, someone who lives in Northeast Philadelphia. Uh, she has uh, four beautiful children, uh, ages 20, 15, um, uh, 16, and 13 years old. Um, well, no one can tell the story better than she can. Um, and so with that, Millie, welcome to the show. Hello, Councilman. Thank you for having me. Okay. Um, would you briefly tell our listeners, you know, what happened? There you are, family. You got your four kids. What happened? Uh, some false allegations were called in from an anonymous caller. Um, Let me stop right there. An anonymous phone call. You don't know who called this in. There's no, they didn't provide any verification. You don't even know exactly what they said, but there were some false allegations because it had to do with you being abusive towards your children or was it your husband that was being accused? Who was being accused? Um, they, they claimed that my fiance was being, um, being the per he was accused of being the perpetrator. Okay. You were not accused in any way, were you? Not at all. Okay. And nobody is accusing you? Not at all. Okay. So, the, there's an anonymous phone call of false allegations, you say, against your fiancé. So what happens? So um, an investigator came out, and um, she asked if she could come into my home. Me thinking, I have nothing to hide. I'm not doing nothing wrong. I let her in. Little did I know that not all social workers have... I guess you can say the um, training that they really should have because what she has done to my family, the way she treated us when she came into my home, into my home is just absolutely ridiculous. I've never been treated like that by anybody in my own home. What did she do? She verbally attacked my children and my fiance and I, all three of us, all four of us, there was four of us home at this time. She verbally attacked us. Um, what did she say about you? How did she verbally attack she you? She didn't approve of our militant style parenting, which meant um, she wasn't approving of our of us grounding the children when they did wrong or when they weren't doing good in school or they were given their teachers problems. So we would ground the girls. We would also take their cell phones away, their social media away, and their electronics. So when, when you felt your children needed to have your attention for their best interests, uh, you would exact a punishment on them, such as grounding them or taking away the social media. And in her opinion, that's not what you should be doing. She considered that militant-style parenting. She said, what you need to do, Mom, and she said it in front of two of my daughters, what you need to do, Mom, is you need to beat them, but don't leave marks. I see Brianna nodding her head yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's kind of uh, a shocking, uh, but at no time so far did I hear her say that you hit, beat, uh, or did any of those, they starved your children? No, um, it, uh, the child abuse came back unfounded, but then the neglect, um, that's where there was lies made to make the neglect hold. What lies were those? <laughs> um, lies that we don't have doors on our bedrooms in our home, in which 
the doors have been there since I started renting the house. I'm years sure you ago. can take pictures of them. <laughs> exactly. Your, your kids are 20, uh, 16, uh, you know, 15, and 13. They could attest to whether or not there's doors on the house. Is, is that provable? Is there a report that says basically you don't have doors on the bedrooms? Just the report from the initial investigator. So there is a report that says that. She she wrote it in the report and she testified. So, it so in it's that written report. down and she testified there's no doors on the bedroom, but there are doors on the bedroom. There always have been since I moved in the home okay. years ago. So that that's kind of surprising that there would be a record of obvious false allegations. Um and so the the initial anonymous phone call of abuse against your fiance came back unfounded, but then they went on to say, well, there's neglect because there's no doors in the bedroom and other things which you, you say are false and seem to be easily proven to be false. Yes. Um, one of the other things was that we hide snacks. Yes, we do hide snacks. What parent don't hide snacks from their kids? My wife had snacks for me. I don't know. Can I report her? <laughs> That's funny. But, um, and then there was um, other things that uh, they were saying that my fiance um, had uh, punched my daughter in the back. Uh, they claimed that there was no marks on my child, but my child claims that they never even checked her for marks. So your children are able to speak for themselves. Have yes, they, they ever are. had an opportunity to refute any of this? They were not given a chance to speak up until after um, we had gotten a new judge. On okay. the case, but even now it's like nobody's listening to anything they have to say. So I see Brianna shaking her head again. So so let me just say um, to our listeners, Brianna is the uh, 16-year-old daughter. She is a honor roll student at the New Foundations Charter School. Um, now, you heard your mother talking, and, and you have been shaking your head. Are there doors in, in, in the house? Yes, there has always been doors on the, in and, the house. And has anyone beaten you? Not at all. Okay, and, and so you could tell that to a judge or to other folks, but, but why isn't anybody listening? They don't want to hear us. They don't care what we say, no matter what we say. It's their word against ours, and they, they just don't want to hear it. From, from that day when, the, when the, the social worker arrived at your house, what has happened to you and your sisters um, we've been placed in multiple homes. Yourself as well? Myself as well. Um, I was placed with my youngest sister and had to be removed from the house after having hands put on me. Mm. So from there, I went to another home and was uh, removed because background checks were failed. By the people that you were sent to? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then then where were you sent? I was sent to my younger sister's aunt and uncle's. Okay. And once again, I had hands put on me. Then what happened? I went to the police station, and they from the police station, I went to DHS. And from DHS, I went to a foster home. Uh, another foster home. Mm-hmm. Okay. All, all the while, your mother wants you to come home. Yes. And do you want to come home? I do. And why can't you go home? It's not safe in the rules that we have, which were, which we didn't get into for any further discussions, are dangerous. That, that's what they told you. Mm-hmm. So it's vague. You don't exactly know why. There's not something about unsafe rules, you know, that type of thing. And were you sent to a, a, a disciplinary school? Yes. After the foster home, 
they put me down as a flight risk and not not as a delinquent not as a delinquent but they no. stuck you in a uh in a in a in a school for uh uh children with um delinquency problems or basically juvenile criminal type problems yes. and how was that experience uh it was it was hard because all the kids were there were like, there's just troublemakers. So me being there, I'm, I didn't feel as though I belonged there. Cause I didn't. Right, because normally you don't, or I wouldn't think you would put dependent kids with delinquent kids. Mm-hmm. But but how long did you stay there? I was there for 11 and a half months. Wow. And, and what was the reason you were put there? You were like a risk of flight and so they just stuck you there? Yeah. That's kind of crazy. She's never ran away either while, while in their care. Never. And what happened with your sisters? Um, my youngest is still in the house that she was first placed in with her grandmother. Okay. Uh, that's a 13-year-old. That's a 13-year-old. The 15-year-old was placed with a, a family member of my mom's who, I guess you could say, is an unfit parent. Okay. To his own children. Yes. Um, then she was removed from there and placed with my youngest sister. Yep. And from there, she got put into a program called Forget Me Not because mm-hmm. she decided to run away. Okay. She is now placed in Carson Valley because Kua, um, they said all her actions are... What the, hmm. how, how can I it was this? her behaviors, like her. Be, she's acting out at school now. She's causing problems uh, for the for the mater, uh, paternal grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, so they felt the need that she should go to Carson right. Valley. So Carson Valley is a disciplinary school or a school for kids with uh, behavioral issues. Yes. Yes. Okay, and. Um, Kua is like the umbrella organization. It's not a governmental organization. It's a private social service agency that the uh, Department of Human Services puts in charge of managing other social service agencies. Um, and so uh, it wouldn't be surprising to me that if um, I were snatched out of my house at the age of 15 and put through different various foster care, I might have some anger issues myself. But sure. that seems to be something that they don't really expect should be happening. You know, um, Destiny really didn't start acting out. That, until, that is your 15-year-old. Yes. She didn't start acting out really bad. Like she got, it got worse and she ran away because at the last hearing on the 23rd of January, they were denied to come home. They want to come home. They all three of them want to come home. They've been begging to come How home. How long have they been out of the home since, uh, since when? Tw- uh, September of 2017. So we, here we are in March of 2019. Now you and, and your daughters have all been trying to reunite under one roof back to being a family again. Yes. Does that seem likely? What is happening right now? They're, um, they're now pushing PLC care. They're, permanent legal custody. They're they're um, trying to place them into basically adoption. It's it's I'm not adoption, but for the lay people, they're going to put them in. They're they're going to be in permanent legal custody of Somebody other else. people. Yes, I'll still have rights, but I won't be able to have my kids live with me. Yeah, so it's odd, right? You have rights, but you don't have any rights, and then your kids are somewhere else. 
until they're 18, and then they're kind of dumped out of the system. Exactly. And the issues is once they're dumped out of system, you're going to deal with the fact of whether they got an education, they have a healthy emotional attitude, whether they have anger issues, whether or not their behavior problems have, have affected them. These are all things that you now deal with that this, the government is no longer interested in. Exactly. And so clearly you want your children back with you and they want to come back with you. More than anything mm-hmm. in the world. And so that is really a challenge, why that is in America. And I'm looking at the veterans, right? The veterans who fight for the country, the Constitution, the values. Who would imagine that this is going on, that people walk into someone's house and take their kids out, put them in different, separate them, put them in different foster care places, move them around, put them in disciplinary schools. And all the while, the parents are fighting to get their kids back. And there is, in your case, unfounded allegations anonymous and in the case of your fiance nothing there and then such things as no doors in the bedrooms when there are doors and a continuing issue and then behavioral problem with your kids after after they've been removed from their parents care moved from place to place it's not unexpected that the kids would be running away and angry and and doing these type of things and yet that's being a punishment to them and you that you're not ready for each other and so we're going to permanently place these kids someplace else that's exactly what they're doing and so you have been speaking out against this i have and how's that been going um i feel like we are making some progress um because it's not just happening in philadelphia it's happening all across the united states and i've met a lot of really great advocates all over the united states and we meet in um, washington cc and harrisburg and everywhere else um so part of me feels like the reason the, the reason my kids are now going to PLC care has to do with me fighting back. I feel like um, me fighting back caused me some retaliation. Mm. So that's definitely something I'm working on as a councilman. And I certainly ask everyone listening, you know, to join that fight. You know, it, it is shocking that this could happen, but I've seen it in so many instances where the parent is not at fault, there's nothing wrong with the home, yet the children have been removed and uh, they have not been returned for for years. Exactly. Well, listen, I wish you good luck in your fight. You, you know that uh, we are in your corner um, and uh, Brianna to you and your sisters as well. I'll ask everyone, please stay tuned because we're going to talk to someone who can fight back in these type of situations. His name is Nadim Bazar. He is a top-notch attorney in the Philadelphia region and nationally, so stay tuned. You are listening to In the Know with David O. Informative, substantive, intelligent talk radio on 860 AM WWDB. If you've suffered an injury from a motor vehicle crash, trip and fall, construction, or work-related accident, contact the Padova firm to speak with John Padova himself. You've heard the name. That's because for over 25 years, John has been winning for his clients. John is dedicated to ensuring his clients are fully compensated. Call 215-893-0700. That's 215-893-0700. Don't suffer more than you have to. Call John Padova today. Help is on the way. 
My friends, this is Joe Krause. You've heard me on Philadelphia Radio now for over 20 years, and you know I don't often endorse products or people unless they are real game changers. I want to tell you about Weinerman Pain and Wellness, located in Center City, Philadelphia. And at the end of this short personal endorsement, I want you to consider Weinerman Pain and Wellness. If you are recovering from an injury, if you or a family member has been diagnosed with a disorder that has stopped you in your tracks, or if you're like me, determined to learn about wellness while getting yourself prepared to stay healthy so you can enjoy the blessings of your family. Remember the name of this warm and caring location, Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Why should you consider Weinerman Pain and Wellness? Because they are who you expect them to be. Weinerman Pain and Wellness, located at 100 South Broad Street, just south of City Hall. Call Weinerman Pain and Wellness at 215-988-9503. That's 215-988-9503. Call today. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu begins with one basic premise. Technique trumps all. Proven techniques allow the weak to overcome the strong. Learn self-defense that works, all while improving your physical condition, mental outlook, and healthy lifestyle. Gracie Academy Philadelphia will help you reach your goals. Take two free classes and see for yourself. Gracie Academy, 1231 Bainbridge Street, Philadelphia. Call them 215-830-6501 or visit their website at phlbjj.com. Get started at Gracie Academy, Philadelphia. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today, or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. All right, we are back. Listen, uh, if you were listening to uh, Millie and Brianna Cress, that was very intense. Uh, I'm sorry to say it's not atypical. You know, I, I, as a councilman, have been dealing with complaint after complaint. I have to check them all out. Listen, I'm not an investigator. I do the best I can, but I do not call the police or others unless I have thoroughly investigated that to ensure that there is a reason why I can go and say, hey, we need further investigation in this. And I would not have called for a hearing on improving DHS if I did not have a substantial amount of cases uh, coming to my office. Well, a person who deals with this and other things and has been extremely successful is a attorney. His name is Nadim Bazar. He's a partner at Klein Inspector, which is really top-notch when it comes to like uh, – plaintiff's law firm. Um, uh, They are, uh, you know, attorneys who win the multi, multi multi-million dollar 
verdicts. Um, he has uh, over 20 years of experience, uh, had a firm of his own, and has joined um, Klein Inspector. He concentrates on medical negligence, catastrophic personal injury, and cases involving child abuse, human trafficking, sexual assault, and Title IX violations of college and university campuses, which really has to do about equal funding for women as well as men. Did I get that right, Nadine? Yes. Okay. See, listen, he's the expert. I just check. Always check with experts. Um, in November 2018, he won a $4.5 million jury verdict against the Philadelphia Defender Association, a foster care agency, and foster parents of young Philadelphia twins who were abused after being placed in a Lancaster, Pennsylvania home. In 2017, he won an $11 verdict, $11 million verdict against a child placement agency and adoptive parents of a girl who was physically and sexually abused in their home over years. He has also won um, cases in the multi-million dollar range uh, for other types of human trafficking, sexual abuse, child abuse, and medical malpractice and other things. I could go on and on, but let me just start by welcoming Nadim Bazar to the show. Nadim, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Consumman, and thanks for having me, and, and thanks for talking about this very, very important issue. Um, for our listeners, I mean, they, they just heard and must be like shocked and surprised to hear about what's going on with Millie Cress. What, how does, what, 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 what thoughts ran through your mind as an attorney as they were speaking based not only on their experiences, but your own experience, the cases that you've handled, the cases that you're working on? Um, yes. So, so first, I'm actually going to respond to that, not just as an attorney, but as a human being. And, le- and let me say uh, – Millie, I'm very sorry for what you and and Brianna, what your family are going through. Uh, uh, Without knowing all the details of uh, all the issues that surround you, it sounds like it's heartbreaking. It sounds like it's unfair. It sounds like you want your babies back, and I hope they come back home to you soon. That being said, uh, it might be difficult for me to speak to what's going on specifically in the Crest home. I can tell you that this is a common occurrence, and what I mean by that is that children are being taken out of parental homes or familial homes and they're being placed in alternative placement settings. And what I mean by alternative placement settings, I mean foster care, I mean residential treatment facilities, I mean hospitals, I mean kinship care. And what's mind-boggling, mind-boggling, is that children are being harmed far worse after they're being removed from their homes with people like Millie, who's, who's... at this point, or at least according to what she says, her, her guilty, uh, what she's guilty of is not having doors uh, on her bedrooms. And, and I understand that you actually had pictures of doors on bedrooms. And these children are being placed in foster care homes and residential treatment facilities where they're not only uh, taken out of a loving environment, but they're physically harmed, they're emotionally drained, and, and quite tragically, they're sexually assaulted, and I don't mean simple sexual assaults. I mean straight-up rape, like, like the most personal assault on a human being, on a young boy or a young girl. And, and even is, infants, I'm sad to say. Unfortunately and tragically, even yeah. infants. It, it is um, – what I've said when, I talked about, when I've talked about this issue before and people ask me what I'm going to talk about, I say I'm going to talk about a very upsetting – 
and depressing issue. I'm going to talk about an issue that's affecting not just people here in our wonderful city of Philadelphia, but in our state of Pennsylvania and throughout the country. I'm going to talk about an issue that has has become uh, an epidemic, and that is the epidemic of physical and sexual assault. It is truly a tragedy what is going on. How did we end up here, Nadim? I mean, basically, I can remember when I was in the DA's office back in 85, 88, you know, we'd do delinquency. We'd place kids, you know, best interests of the child. I don't recall this kind of a problem uh, at all. Now, now, you know, as a young attorney, maybe I'm missing it, but I don't I – because don't, now Philadelphia is – the number one city in America, big city, that removes children from parents without good reason. How did that happen? Well, so statistically, I can tell you that we are the number, Philadelphia is the number one city in terms of removal, and that considers the poverty line as well. So it's adjusted for poverty, and we're still far and ahead, the the city that removes the largest number of kids from homes. The, the justification, I think that's a, a, probably a deeper conversation, and mm-hmm. I think there's other people more in the know that might be able to speak to that. I know that the Department of Human Services, the city of Philadelphia, are, are truly, and I apologize, Millie, if I say this in front of you, are truly trying to do the best that they can. They're just, there's just situations where they're falling woefully short. And the problem with falling woefully short is a child's going to be taken out of a home, which is quite, uh, quite traumatic, and placed in another environment. And unfortunately, I'm going to get a call when that child is not just taken out of a home, but taken out of a home and placed in an environment where they're assaulted. And 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 it is just, it, it's a terrible situation. See, from my perspective, and, and let me say this, I believe uh, that there are great people in DHS, completely committed, you know, great public servants, really committed to helping folks. And DHS has got this great mission. The problem I have is that it will not acknowledge that it needs to reform itself and straighten things up. At least that has been the challenge. I'm hoping that the hearings we had and and discussions like this that we're having in public will bring some realization on their part that, yes, they are doing things wrong. I, I, I see them and their philosophy is the more fire alarms you pull, the safer, you know, uh, the the city is. And I'm saying, no, false alarms and running, you know, fire engines all over the place, you know, that, that leads to lots of problems. Everyone's warned thin. Why don't you take up what are considered uh, uh, widely by expert to be best practices? Now, you as an attorney, how do you, how do you find yourself in the midst of this whole situation? What is it that you do so our listeners can understand? Sure. So uh, for the past decade, I've represented uh, children and young adults, uh, teenagers, and even people who are 18 years old and older, when they've been taken out of homes, family homes, um, uh, adoptive homes, and placed in the system. And uh, to speak to uh, what Millie talked about earlier, uh, I actually wrote down a note. And it's the advice that I give to a lot of people, and that is once the system gets a hold of you, it doesn't let go easy. It just doesn't let go easy. And there is a web that you have to navigate uh, that isn't always consistent. I think, Councilman, you've said this before. Yes. Transparency is an issue that, uh, that that's haunting us a little bit that we need to understand. Things are done in secret. Yeah, Nobody knows what's going on. Everything's, uh, you can't see it. There's no accountability. And, and we need to at least understand how the system works and gravitate more towards objective standards 
as opposed to subjective standards. That is, what do I need to do to show you that I'm a good parent and I would like my children back? I'll, I'll, I'll do what I have to. I'll jump through the hoops. I'll take parenting classes. I'll go through counseling. You can interview my children. I'll stay away from them. I'll visit them in supervised visits. I'll do all the stuff, right? Jump through all the hoops I need to. Now give me my kids back. And once there's that kind of transparency, I think we'll see fewer kids out of the system and or faster return to their parents. Listen, I, I agree, but one of the problems I have is I have not-at-fault parents who have done a zillion classes, uh, done everything, been to doctors. We just were talking about a young lady who lived in home with her parents. Now she lives independently with public assistance because DHS says you got to live on your own. Well, she was living with her parents, you know, who could care for the child and all that children, you know, that taken away, no fault of her own. She was an abuse victim who found out that her child had been abused, went to the hospital. He took the child. She hasn't seen the child, you know, uh, hasn't had to care for a year and a half. And now they, they've discontinued her ability to even see the child. And so, you know, one of the things is when people are constantly doing, Doing what they're asked to do and they are nonetheless denied ability to get their children back and then the children are being put up into permanent legal custody I mean there is a great problem with the system how is it because uh, I, I know we're shifting into policies and things like that but how is it that you are able to help in the courtroom what is it that you do sure so uh, most often I'm hired by either a guardian ad litem or a child advocate that's representing, uh, representing the interest of the child in some uh, legal setting after they've been taken out of uh, their parental or familial home. I'm also hired by parents uh, uh, who have these children who are in foster care who will contact me and say, I think my child is being beaten. I think my child is, was assaulted. I ask them why. We go through a step-by-step analysis and we try to figure things out. And then at some point, I'll make a request uh, from the appropriate agencies who are cooperative in turning over records, who turn over records, and then we discover through either hospital records, agency records, that these children have been, a child has been assaulted or a child has been sexually abused. So I get calls from parents. I get calls from family members. I get calls from lawyers. I get called from child advocates. And then I run with the ball from there. Mm. Um, you have a string of successes. Uh, I can't go through them all. Let me just shoot out the numbers. It helps people understand. 18.5 million, 10 million, 8.1 million, 7.5 million, 6.5 million, 5 million, 4.2 million, 2.8 million, 2.65 million. What, what is happening in all these cases? What, what's going on that you are able to obtain these type of verdicts in these cases? So, um, at our firm, at Klein Inspector, uh, we're very, very committed, committed to all of our cases, but committed to uh, uh, these types of cases and these types of injuries. Um, we believe that through the civil system, reform will come. And that is when agencies are made to pay for the mistakes that they make, when children are harmed, correction will come. Policy corrections will follow. And so what we do is we, we, again, we take in the case. I talk to family members. I spend a lot of time with family members. Uh, some of my clients will tell you on a Sunday night they might get a phone call at 9 o'clock at night uh, or on a drive home at midnight. I might call somebody. I apologize for waking them up, but let's get on the phone. I don't think anybody minds that call from their lawyer. Uh, we then start to investigate. I have a team myself, 
and other experienced lawyers at Klein Inspector who start to tear down the records, break down the records, analyze the records. Uh, we make sure children get the trauma therapy that they need so that we can support our position in a, in a courtroom case. Uh, and we are not afraid uh, to, to take every single case to trial. That, we believe that reform through civil verdicts, through civil liability, through monetary accountability will happen. Mm. What is the basis of your case? Is it sometimes intentional? Is it sometimes just neglect of a gross nature that resulted, even though there was plenty of information, they kept the child someplace for repeated violations? Is, is that what's happening? So um, th- there was a question or a, or a point that you made earlier, Councilman, where you said when you were uh, a young DA uh, or young ADA that was this type of abuse occurring and, mm-hmm. and how come it wasn't so prevalent? What I would tell you is with the um, with the internet, uh, the phrase that I use all the time is bad people have gotten good at being bad mm. and that and that the villain isn't always wearing uh, a scarlet letter on their chest that says, uh, you know, I'm going to harm children or I'm going to uh, abuse children. And uh, th- that's an important point because that goes to the vetting process of where we're putting these kids after we take them out of their homes. And then the other point that I make is that there's typically two different types of claims. One is just the straight up horrible deviant type of claim. That is of a sexual assault or a horrible purposeful physical abuse upon a child. The other is poorly trained foster parents, poorly trained people in the system uh, where there's inappropriate disciplinary techniques, there's capital punishment, there's uh, things like locking kids in their rooms or a young child that's scared about being in that environment, a four-year-old who might wet himself, embarrassed to admit it, and I've seen that child locked in a bathroom and made to sleep in a bathtub so they learn not to wet themselves. If a four- or five-year-old is wetting themselves, there's something going on. That child's not purposely trying to defy you. That child has either been harmed, is scared, and needs some help. So there's two different types of claims. One involves a, a, a monster one involves a poorly trained person. We've seen them both, and we've seen them at, at, at a tremendous number of them. Well, you know, this makes me think about, uh, like all of this stuff that I've been dealing with lately, about my own kids. You know, uh, my wife is like uh, non-existent. I hear her yelling and yelling and yelling. My kids, like their ears are stuck. <laughs> they don't hear Bob. And then I come in and they barely, you know, he's testing me. But, but you know what I think now? I'm saying, listen. That's what it is to have a loving family. The kids are that secure that they could push your buttons, break your stuff, just blow you off because no harm will come to them. But once they've been put into a foreign environment, they don't know what's going on. And I don't know too many people that got the patience of parents (laughs) to deal with that kind of, especially when they get a little older and they're in your face, that type of thing. So, you know, it is it is really a, a challenging thing. I thank you for joining us for all the work you do. How do people get in touch with you, Nadine? Uh, so the best way is to contact me either by email. So it's my first name, my last name at KleinInspector.com, or they can always call us at Klein Inspector at 215-772-1000 or 215-772-0522. That's Nadim Bazar, N-A-D-E-E-M. B-E-Z-A-R.
Thank you very much. Thank you, Ken. All right. Stay tuned because we're going to learn about a, a, a young veteran and other veterans who are making their mark in business in real estate and also ways that they can help veterans out there to uh, purchase a home and, and things like that. We'll be talking to Joe McCabe uh, and, and his uh, friends here when we come back from this commercial break. You are listening to In the Know with David O. Informative, substantive, intelligent talk radio on 860 AM WWDB. If you've suffered an injury from a motor vehicle crash, trip and fall, construction, or work-related accident, contact the Padova firm to speak with John Padova himself. You've heard the name. That's because for over 25 years, John has been winning for his clients. John is dedicated to ensuring his clients are fully compensated. Call 215-893-0700. That's 215-893-0700. Don't suffer more than you have to. Call John Padova today. Help is on the way. My friends, this is Joe Krause. You've heard me on Philadelphia radio now for over 20 years, and you know I don't often endorse products or people unless they are real game changers. I want to tell you about Weinerman Pain and Wellness, located in Center City, Philadelphia. And at the end of this short personal endorsement, I want you to consider Weinerman Pain and Wellness. If you are recovering from an injury, If you or a family member has been diagnosed with a disorder that has stopped you in your tracks, or if you're like me, determined to learn about wellness while getting yourself prepared to stay healthy so you can enjoy the blessings of your family. Remember the name of this warm and caring location, Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Why should you consider Weinerman Pain and Wellness? Because they are who you expect them to be. Weinerman Pain and Wellness, located at 100 South Broad Street, just south of City Hall. Call Weinerman Pain and Wellness at 215-988-9503. That's 215-988-9503. Call today. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu begins with one basic premise. Technique trumps all. Proven techniques allow the weak to overcome the strong. Learn self-defense that works, all while improving your physical condition, mental outlook, and healthy lifestyle. Gracie Academy Philadelphia will help you reach your goals. Take two free classes and see for yourself. Gracie Academy, 1231 Bainbridge Street, Philadelphia. Call them 215-830-6501 or visit their website at phlbjj.com. Get started at Gracie Academy, Philadelphia. At any given moment, somewhere in America, a baby is taking a first step, a developmental milestone. But for too many parents, a baby's first steps aren't just a milestone. They're a miracle. These are the parents of babies who were born prematurely or with birth defects. It's a crisis affecting more than half a million babies in the United States each year. You can help them by joining volunteers like you who walk in March for Babies. The money you raise funds research and local programs that help babies overcome the challenges of premature birth and birth defects. Together, our steps make stronger, healthier babies a reality for thousands of families. Sign up today at marchforbabies.org to take the steps that help make milestones and even miracles possible. Who will you march for? Introducing the YMCA. What, you already know the Y? Or so you think. Sure, you know the Y for a swim, a workout, even a game of hoops. But did you know we're more than that? We're a cause. When you take your jump shot at the Y, 
someone else is getting job training. Take a cardio class while kids are in an after-school enrichment program. Practice your downward-facing dog as a teen practices her leadership skills. That's the why. We work with people no matter their age, income, or background and give them the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive, all with one simple goal in mind, to strengthen our community. And we've got so much more that does just that. So while you might think of the why as that place for lifting weights, we're also about lifting entire communities. Introducing the why. We're so much more than a place. We're a cause. Visit ymca.net slash more. All right, and we are back. Listen, uh, great information. I hope you never have to uh, use that information. But if you need an excellent attorney, especially in that type of matter, which I think, you know, we talk about specialization, Nadim, Bazar, client inspector, you know, just a great guy to have in your corner. Um, well, uh, moving forward, I am now joined by three gentlemen. Uh, the first is uh, Joe McCabe. He is uh, the uh, owner of a number of businesses. Let me get them straight. Uh, Remax Experts, Homefront Mortgage, Surefire Acquisitions, Keystone State Abstract, and Homefront Insurance. He's a Philadelphia native, graduate of Father Judge High School and Cabrini College, and he is an Army veteran, and he is joined by Bruce Waller, a loan officer who specializes in VA home loans, and Joe Masalta, a retired Navy SEAL. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank welcome, you, Councilman. Councilman. Now, 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 Joe, um, you look like about uh, 22 years old, <laughs> and you have these five businesses, and what, what happened? So, uh, you know, good question. I don't know exactly what happened, but 26, you were close. Oh, look at that. So, okay. uh, <laughs> so you were close. Um, no, you know, one day I just kind of realized that uh, no one was going to do it for me. So I kind of had to do it for myself. And if I right. wanted to make money and make a difference, make an impact, um, mm -hmm. the best way to do it was through a uh, position of leadership. Mm. Um, so I kind of took the skills that the Army instills in us in a nice way. Yes. And uh, then uh, learned a little bit of empathy and softness and how to talk to people. And then right, I applied right. it to the business world. Well, you know, it, it, it's a great story because so many of the times, you know, I, I'm engaged with veterans and you know, just a whole slew of super successful, fantastic folks who are, you know, trying to adjust into the civilian world, which is kind of challenging if you started off as, as a young person in the military and you got that kind of a structure and now you're out in this, this bizarre setting, you know, called sure. civilian sure. It's very, it's very sure. strange. Um, and, and, and so one of the things we always talk about is not only are veterans great employees and, and persons of great initiative – if you know how to talk with them, if you know their language, if you know how to press the right buttons, mm -hmm. then they are fantastic. If you don't, they're going to sit there with their hands on their knees and look at you and say, yes, sir, yep. no, sir, whatever. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. But you went in a direction that we love to see, and that is as an entrepreneur, because, you know, veterans are those kind of folks that can really take the bull by the horns and make things happen. They're comfortable r with risk and all that type of stuff. How did it happen in your case? Why, why real estate? Um, well, why, why real estate was more just a, a thing I was kind of doing at some point to, to bridge me going through college before I became a Philadelphia cop. And, um, what happened was I kind of just fell in love with the business and waking mm. up every day and making a different deal. And basically, 
every day waking up and going to war. You know, right. waking up every day and creating a new battle plan and, and kind of waking up every single day knowing it was going to be different. And I had no idea what was going to get thrown at me. Now, were you a Philadelphia police officer? No. No. Okay. No, I went through basically the entire process and um, I actually bought our Remax franchise um, th- while going through that process. And I just kind of jumped in and I, I realized, you know what? Ch- change the plan. I, I wanted you said to change like, the plans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah this I is, wanted this to do is something right for different. me. Yeah. And, and uh, for, for Joe, now you're a retired Navy SEAL. That's the stuff of legends and whatnot. So how did you end up doing this? Let me take a moment and uh, give you something here. Oh, my goodness. So I brought goodness. you a right. coin, Naval Special oh, Warfare fantastic. coin. And here's a lapel pin from the Navy Parachute Team. Wow. All right. Wow. That's quite, all a, quite an honor. Thank okay. you very much. I stay away from the water. You know, I don't like the water. I don't think it's a natural place for people with legs and feet to be. So, so I cherish these. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Cool. So how did you end up with, uh, with Joe and in, in real estate? Well, Joe actually had reached out to me. I just, um, with my license, I just uh, uh, reactivated from the state. Um, mm-hmm. And Joe reached out to me, asked if I'd join the team. Yep. And as you can tell, Joe's a great guy. Um, something I really like about Joe is that he really invests into his team members. Right, And the right. training of them, the development of them. And he meets everybody at where they're at. Right. You know, and helps them come from where they are at and brings them up. So that's one mm. of the great qualities that Joe has. Uh, so I really admire him for that. And, and Joe, what did you see? Uh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I got Joe and I got Joe. Right? <laughs> so, so, so Joe M., Joe McCabe, what did you see in Joe M., jo- Joe Masalta, other than the same initials? Sure. So the military guys make it easy, right? They always walk in with a pocket knife in the right pocket, <laughs> and they probably have their combat boots on from basic right, right. training. Yes. Um, or if they're family military like Bruce, they start using the words, you know, right, we, we right. kind of know who they are. So military people are so easy for me to work with mm-hmm. because I do know how to communicate with them. Yes. And I know how far I can, well, I can push them as far as I want to. Um, so that you makes it easy push for Joe me. quite a bit, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe pushes me at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so the training kicks in. The training kicks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I mean, the military people, they do really, really well in commission sales mm. because we do well you know, making our own and and we'll always win and we'll always fight for that. And there's really no giving up. Hey, I got to throw this out off topic. Listen, I I am proud and happy that Philadelphia has a veterans hiring tax credit. Although, you know, to my chagrin, the city puts no effort into um, advertising it. So any chance I get, I tell people, you know, it's $5,000 off. If you hire a returning veteran for three years, it's 15,000. It is because we want folks to hire veterans for all the great stuff they they do for our economy, but also to encourage HR departments to focus on speaking the language of veterans. Um, Does anybody here know that? No. Okay. See, that's my problem. My problem is I introduced the bill, it passed, and yet, you know, we're I struggle to tell people. So please keep that in mind. But let me jump now to to Bruce because. Uh, you know something, and that is how to help veterans uh, buy a home. Yeah, before I get to that, you, we were just talking about a lot of people don't know about the initiative. Yes. But mm-hmm. what, how many people, well, it was shocks most people that 33% of veterans like, like Joe, Joe and you don't even know that a VA loan benefit exists. You know what? Here's, here's the truth. I mean, I knew it exists, mm-hmm. but me having done so little, mm-hmm. uh, I just say like, man, I, I shouldn't be taking advantage of these benefits because people more deserving than me, they need to go to the VA hospital. They need these benefits. I don't want to take up any of the resources from them. 
And so I really never knew what it was. And then I was talking with Joe. And at the time, I was just curious. And I just asked him about it. And he told me a whole bunch of stuff I had no idea. <laughs> well, the challenge is most most veterans have that. You guys yeah. you guys come back from serving. You have a sense of, hey, I made it out. I want to make sure there's benefits out for the other, the other yes. members. But the money doesn't come from the VA. Yes. The VA actually guarantees the loan. So lenders like us will go out and be able to give you the loan. So I always tell the veterans I work with, listen, you went out, same thing I said to you, Joe. You went out, you put your life on the line. You risked your life. That You helped. You risked your life to keep me safe while I'm back here in the States. So it's, you're not taking advantage of anything other than what's owed to you. You mm. gave value to the world. And right. The, and this is the veterans giving value back to you. Fantastic. A great way to put it, uh, Bruce. Okay, all you veterans, go get your home mortgage <laughs> loan. It's yep. it's a great benefit. Could you tell our listeners like how great it is? Because I can't list all the great ways that it is. Well, I would say the the uh, the top greatest things are easier to qualify for. Yes. Number one. Number two is there's no down payment required. Wow. Hear so that? No, no, you can buy anywhere in the country and it's no down payment. Um, there's no mortgage insurance. So a lot of times- That's people, a big one. Yeah. People complain about mortgage insurance. No mortgage insurance- no prepayment penalties. Mm. So my joke to veterans is you could I could help you close your loan today. You can play the Powerball. You can hit the number. <laughs> and you can pay your home loan off tomorrow. And there's no P's. There's no penalties. There's no right. fees. Right. Also, um, depending upon your unique situation, you can actually have VA loans, two of them at a time. Wow. I didn't yeah, know let's that. Let's say that you are stationed somewhere else and you get PCS orders mm-hmm. to go somewhere else and it's too fast. Yeah. And you don't have time to actually sell that property. Or you're able to use your, your remaining VA benefit to go by, like you're going from Georgia to Florida, Florida to you know San Diego, you're able to use right. your benefit at the same time. You can use a benefit to buy a single family home, a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex. And then if you do have a, a house now under a VA loan, or not even under a VA loan, and maybe you wanted to take out money to fix up the house or put it away for a kid's vacation or what, ha- what have you, you can actually borrow up to 100% of the value of your home. Mm. Wow, that's great. Sure beats the credit cards. Beats the um, credit card. And yeah. Homefront Mortgage will actually cover the appraisal for the veteran. Oh, so okay. they can actually get the loan almost at no cost wow. whatsoever. Wow. And and so so that's w- uh, uh, one of the reasons why you have that business, because they all kind of fit in together. Correct. Yeah. yeah it all fits together. It's all ancillary services, we call it. Because you're kind of like one, one-stop shopping now. Exactly. We got everything. Mm. So. And it was something else I wanted to say about kind of on the pride piece. Yeah. And I see this a lot coming from the reserves. And I think, Joe, you spent some time in the reserves is a lot of people have that pride. Like, hey, I I don't deserve this. The guys who didn't come home, their families, they deserve this. You know, the Army forgot about us the second we got our DD-214. (laughs) (laughs) So you might as well take advantage of everything you can. And the other thing that reservists don't know is if you've had active duty time, you need to look into it. And the minute you get out after your six years, you probably qualify also. So Mm. reservists should be taking advantage of this as well because there's a ton of us. And we have more active duty time as reservists than I believe the entire active duty force. Wow. You know, if you look at it overall in hours, we have more time. So Mm. there's a lot of people that qualify that just, they have no idea. Right, right. Yeah, if you do your six years and you have, I think right now, um, it's about 16 points. You get 16 points, you'll be able to qualify for a VA loan as a reservist. And and you can get more than you, you talked about. You get it two two simultaneously. Yeah, you can have them. So certain situations. Yeah. Say that you're stationed yep. at one base. You get PCS orders right. to go from one to another. And right. you're so fast where you just right. have to pick up and move. Right. Well, you you're not going to have the time to sell right. that house. Right. So the VA you have a certain amount for your guarantee. The, the whatever you have left over in your guarantee, 
you mm-hmm. can actually use that towards another VA loan, another purchase. And in addition, you can get more than one loan for one home or mm-hmm. building or house, or is yeah. that right? Yeah, you got a VA loan from a, a single family home, duplex, three unit, or four unit. So you can be smart. Say you're just a veteran, you're coming back, you just separated, you got a job, you can buy a, a say, a, 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 a duplex, you live in one, run out the other, so it helps you actually with the mortgage. So you can get one to four unit properties and all with no money down. Oh, I would like to piggyback on what uh, Joe McKay was talking about and what you spoke about. Right. You know, where veterans feel they're not worthy or they want to shun away, sigh away from the VA. Um, I left and I left the military uh, in 2002, got recalled for the war from 04 to 05. Mm. Outside of that, I was a paramilitary contractor working in State Department and other entity contracts over in Afghanistan and, and other places. With all that being said, there came a point in my life that things got bad and I needed help. Mm. And I went to the VA because right. that's the only place I could get help. Right. I wasn't in the system. I got into the system. Doors started opening up for me mm. and I got into a voc rehab program. Mm. So they're, they're, I'm going through the nursing program. The VA has helped me get a whole new career now with that along with the real estate. But I want to say there's been veterans that I've met along the way yes. that had problems. Some acquired diabetes while they were in. Right. Some had other physical problems, but when they left the military, they didn't get the diagnosis and they right. didn't get the recognition. Right. I was able to walk them through the process mm. so they could get the help that they needed. Yes. Okay. And so as a veteran, there's veterans out there listening, I would say, learn your VA benefits. You're all entitled to them and learn what they are. Okay. So I would say take an active role in figuring out your benefits. Those are wise words, wise words. And unfortunately, you know, um, you know, folks come out and they, they feel they're fine. They look fine. And years later, you know, uh, things start to appear. And, um, you know, they're just not in, in the mode of like getting the help. It's almost, you know, it's, it's difficult. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, that you can you can all of talk about is the fact that you know um, in the military, especially something like the Navy SEALs, you don't say, "Oh, I, I'm hurt," because <laughs> yeah. that might take you out of combat. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, "I'm hey, not hurt. Yeah. I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me." And so once you get out of the military. They're like, hey, there's nothing wrong with you. You you never complained about anything ever before. And you're like, no, no, no I actually was hurt. That you. So I've run into, you know, friends even who, you know, they were in helicopter crashes and yes. all that. Like, I'm fine. I'm not hurt. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened to me. And then, you know, years after getting out, they're like, man, I got all these pains and aches and, you know, yeah. but it's not in the medical record. Yeah. Exactly. So, and yeah, they can get that corrected. That can be corrected yes. because there's records of all those instances. And same yes. thing, like the one uh, gentleman, he was in the uh, guard here, mm. and he acquired diabetes while he was on on active duty, um, but he was released from the military because of diabetes. And I walked him through the process and got him back in. Wow. Well, listen, um, you know, thanks for joining us. And uh, if folks want to hear more, check us out at www.dbam. Com. Join us next week for In the Know with David O. You've been listening to In the Know with David O on 860 AM WWDB. Tune in again next Tuesday at 2 p.m. for more informative, substantive, intelligent talk radio with Philadelphia Councilman David O.